I'm Megan. I'm Colin. And we are the hosts of Pet Sitter Sitter Confessional, Confessional, an open and honest discussion about life as a pet sitter. We are so thankful for our sponsor today, Pet Sitters Associates, and our wonderful Patreon supporters. And for our Patreon supporters, if you are looking forward to our first Friday of the month meetup, guess what? It is this Friday because happy May. So May 5th at 11 a.m. We'll be jumping on a Zoom call with everybody to talk about how things are going, commiserate, share funny stories, and just have some camaraderie time. So look for that invitation to be sent out. Uh, If you're listening to this and you have gotten value from the show and have considered supporting the show, uh, you can go to petcenterconfessional.com slash support to look at all of the possible ways that you can help support us. What is your approach to social media? Think about that for a minute. There are so many different ways that you can go about doing it, but I think the most important is having a really focused objective on exactly what you're trying to portray, who you're talking to, and the kind of things that you are saying in order to get new clients in the door. Well, and we have to admit that sometimes that's just really hard for a lot of different reasons. One, we're a little busy. I don't know if you've noticed that, but there's a lot going on in our lives. Secondly, it can be pretty scary and overwhelming to think about this approach or think about social media and what it requires of us. And then thirdly, we can't, (laughs) we have to be kind of honest about sometimes we just don't care (laughs) enough to put in that effort to make that focused, highly crafted social media post because we're really busy. We've got a lot going on. We're scared of things. And then sometimes we just can't muster up that that care to get it done. But that doesn't negate the fact that social media is incredibly powerful and absolutely essential to a modern business these days. As we run, as we get connected with our clients, as we look and expand our reach to potential clients. So it is something that's extremely serious and very important to us. Then, And we should take a little bit of time to at least reflect on what what do we want out of that? And, and how are we going to go about using it effectively for us and our business? It can be hard, though, because when we are busy and we are so focused on all of the other aspects of our business and our social media kind of drifts off and we're not able to really focus on it, we do have a hard time being creative. And that's one aspect of why we wanted to do today's episode is that while it is hard to be creative, the process of being creative is not simply just sitting down and waiting for our ideas to come to you. Being creative actually requires a plan and having a structure and having a design and having some concepts that you keep in your brain or you have written down to format so that as you have ideas, you can put them into places. It's really developing a system for your creativity. And that may sound counterintuitive because when we think of the artsy type, they think we're free-flowing spirits and we just let things come to us and that's just how it is. But in our busy day-to-day schedules with the hectic lives that we all lead, We do need some structures around this that are going to help guide us and focus our time and attention and energies into things that are going to benefit us and actually fit our business. Because not every idea that we have is going to be beneficial to our business. And how do we know that? Well, if unless it aligns with a predetermined structure or our mission, vision, and goals, we don't. That that's going to help make sure that we we stay on track with the ideas and creativity aspects that we have. And I will say that we are not perfect at this. There are content planners out there. You know, Kate McQuillan has an entire content calendar for an entire year of things that you can post. There are several people who have membership groups of social media posts. You can subscribe to them and they'll give you a month's worth of content about pet holidays and all that sort of stuff. But we really want to focus today on your approach, how you approach, how we approach social media and what we think is important in order to propel your business further. And there are really three key aspects 
to that, that we sit down and we consider each time we develop a post or we think of content. Thinking of the purpose of your social media is really going to help you. What is the point of your social media? Is it to get new clients or to get existing clients? The type of content you produce will be reflected in the audience you are talking about. So figuring out the purpose first is going to help you. And ultimately, it's going to help you identify exactly who you are talking to and what you are talking to them about. Figuring out why you are talking to them in the first place. Like, again, what is the purpose? <laughs> is it so that they buy your services? Is it so that they come to your event? Or do you just want to educate them about a pet care tip that you found? You know, if you are really good at social media, you're going to have posts that not only speak to your existing clients, but new clients as well. And so you kind of mesh the two together. And decide, are you going to use it as a tool for like a primary form of communication? I know a lot of people do that where their social media is how they communicate broadly to all of their clients uh, and, and not really for potential customers. It's an updating of services or an updating of availability or out of office notices and that kind of thing. And that's something that we you have to decide of how are you going to use it. You can use it as a marketing. You can use it as an outreach tool, an educational opportunity. Or you can use it as a, a, a direct communication or a way to communicate with existing clients. And th th there's going to be a balance there. But knowing that purpose is really the first step. What is the point of all of this? Why are you even making social media in the first place? Asking yourself those kind of questions and what you really want for your business out of it. And that'll help you down the line whenever you go to ask that other question of, was this successful? Is this helping my business? Is this is this useful for the people that I'm talking to? So that you, when you look at metrics, when you look at reach, when you look at um, response rates or growth, you can see and you can have something to compare back to. You know, if you go, well, the point of this social me my social media is to talk to my existing clients. Well, then whenever you look at metrics, like how many new clients did I get from social media, you would expect that to be really low because you're not generating content to talk to new people. It's only existing people. Conversely, if you go like us, we go, our social media is really not for existing clients. They can still benefit from it. They can still get ideas and educated from it. But we're really focusing and crafting things for new clients. So when we look of going, how many people found us through a social media post, we expect that to be really high on our end. When thinking about the purpose of your social media post, think about why are you on there to begin with? Is it just to have a presence or are you trying to leverage your account? Yeah, those two will inherently mean different things. It will shape how you post, how frequently you post, what you post, and what you want out of it at the end of the day. Having a presence may just mean posting once a week with a funny meme or a funny story just to show that you are active to clients who are potentially searching for you and your services. Because there is something to say about social proof in that when people go to search for you on Facebook or Instagram, they want to see that you are still active. They don't want to see that you haven't posted since 2020 or 2021. They like to see more recent posts. And we did not start off the episode like this, but I feel like we should have. No social media is going to be the same for any two pet businesses. The way that we do things is probably not the same as you or that you would even want to or that, you know, everybody's words are different and everybody crafts things differently and wants different things out of their social media. So don't try to copy somebody else because it's not going to be your own voice and your own words. Once you've identified the purpose, you can then start identifying exactly who you are talking to, the audience. 
Are you talking, again, are you talking to existing clients or new clients? Before we even think of crafting a post, we want to figure out who you are talking to. Your, we talk about this all the time, the ideal client, the ideal demographic. So for our services, we want to predominantly talk to cat owners and clients who want their dogs walked. So we provide a, a wide range of services, but we're really trying to nail it down to one or two areas where we're trying to grow. And that is why we craft social media posts based off of the services we want to grow, the areas we want to grow. And so that's who we want to talk to. And again, with the multiple services, if you're listening to this and going, well, I offer 14 different options. Well, that should be encouraging to you because now you have 14 different uh, social media posts that you can craft as you craft as one social media post for one particular service and then another social media post for another particular service. As you work through that, you not every social media post has to encompass everything that you do all of the time. Making these bespoke, really focused, hyper-focused posts is what's really going to be beneficial to you. So at the end of last year, we had sat down and we really wanted to be intentional with our social media this year as far as getting new clients, getting people in the door, looking looking at our stuff. So we first outlined, what do we offer? So we listed the services that we offer. And then we honed in on the exact target audience that we want as clients. And then we asked these two questions, who needs it and why do they need it or what are they trying to solve? What problem do they have? So for example, for midday walks, We said, who needs this? Well, busy professionals. Those are the people that we are trying to go after. Also, pet parents with high-energy dogs or maybe a puppy. They can't come home in the middle of the day to let their puppy out. Or maybe they have a boxer that needs a lot of energy, a lot of a walk in the middle of the day. And so we outlined about five or six different people who would need this service from us. And so we knew, okay, with this social media post, we can talk to this specific person. And then next day or a few days later, this person. Yeah, it gave us language to use to start speaking to that particular person. And just for this example, it's also important to recognize, okay, we wanted to talk to busy professionals for midday dog walks for them. We also wanted to talk to parents with high energy dogs, but that could be the same person. So that's going to be crafting different language, different verbiage in those social media posts where we are talking to the busy professional with a high-energy dog versus the busy professional who doesn't have a high-energy dog or a high-energy dog who doesn't have a busy professional. Like All of those has different language because they all have different pain points, wants, and needs. And by breaking it out like this, you use language, you use approaches, and you craft a message that's going to talk to that particular person. And and this could be for whoever you want to target. If you want to target healthcare professionals who have long shifts on the weekends, or maybe you want to talk target only vacation clients, or maybe you're, it's a, a specific location or a certain geographic region, you will use different language, different structures of sentences and different things that you talk about as you look at each one of those groups of potential clients that you're talking to and messaging. And that that's why we needed to break this down. Because when we first sit down, you go, who's my audience? You go... Everybody. A dog owner, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. But no, we did not want to go that route. We wanted to, as Megan, as you said, we wanted to be really intentional about this process and sit down and go, what is, who is this post for? And then how do I talk to that person? Well, I only know how to talk to them unless until I identify them. And that's what that process works you through. 
but also knowing that while you are talking to this one specific person or this you know few dozen people in your area, you are going to kind of alienate other people, and you have to be okay with that because that that is just what it is. You cannot service everybody all of the time, even if you have a team. And so honing in on who you're talking to is better. They are better going to connect with your company, and you are going to be bringing those people in. You can also see how when you outline your services and then you outline five or six different people of who you're wanting to target, you can create a lot of posts from that. <laughs> you know, sometimes they're going to overlap, like you mentioned, but sometimes they're not. And so you can, I mean, right there, if you have got five services and five people who you're going to talk to, that's 25 posts. And if you do one a day, that's an entire month's worth right there. And that's not mixing in any other content. So you can really kind of blow up your social media just from doing this exercise. We also identified where these people are generally, what they like to do, where they shop. Maybe they go to the library on Saturdays. Maybe they go to the health food store for their grocery shopping. Think about where where these people go. And we talk about that a lot of identifying exactly who you're talking to, but it is really important here. And if these locations are where you walk, that would be even better because you can tag that store, tag the location and say, hey, I'm walking fluffy by the coffee shop again. We love our daily walks. And then you can get all the people who love that coffee shop or maybe the coffee shop wants to give a little pup cup or something. You know, there are a lot of different avenues to explore. The more I think about this, I know it was like those murder mystery shows are on Dateline. They always have that forensic psychologist who comes in and tries to get into the mind of the perpetrator. That's really <laughs> maybe not to that extent, but we are having to do that right now of when we think about the people who we are trying to bring on as clients. Where are they shopping? How are they shopping? Where are they traveling? How are they spending their leisure time? So that we can come alongside that and we can use photos and we can use posts. And that actually gets into the third aspect of as we are crafting social media posts is the act- the content itself and focusing on what's going into this. We've talked about using the words and, and focusing on the people that we want. But what we're building up to is now we have to put that into action. We have to make the sentences. We have to craft the photos, the videos, the reels, all of that aspect. And this is really ultimately the hard part. You can sit down and say, (laughs) oh, no, (laughs) you can sit down and say, "Okay, what is the purpose of me doing social media posts in general? Who exactly am I talking to? But at the end of the day, the actual caption, the actual thinking of the post is the most important and hardest part of this. It's about relating the image and the caption to the purpose and the audience of the post. We just went through this today. We One of our four promises of our company is that your pet will be safe. And so we wanted a picture that would be of a dog or a cat in a safe location or a safe area. I found a photo, but it didn't quite capture the safety aspect that we were looking for. Well, and then I found another one, and it was standing to a giant bed of tulips. And in case you didn't know, tulips are actually highly toxic to both dogs and cats. So while the dog wasn't eating the tulips, having those two together in the same image would not convey the feeling of safety safety, security, mindfulness that we were really trying to get through with this image because that was the entire purpose of the post for the particular audience that we wanted was we wanted them to know and educate them on that we take safety as a, as a high priority and that's really important to us as a company. As pet care professionals, your clients trust you to care for their furry family members. And that's why Pet Suitors Associates is here to help. For over 20 years, they've provided thousands of members with quality pet care insurance. Because you work in the pet care industry, you can take your career to the next level with flexible coverage options, client connections, and complete freedom in running your business. Learn why Pet Suitors Associates 
Associates is the perfect fit for you and get a free quote at petsitllc.com. If you would like a discount, you can do so by clicking Membership Petsitter Confessional and use the discount code CONFESSIONAL when you go to check out for $10 off. Check out the benefits of membership and insurance once again at petsitllc.com. And we said image, but this... This same thing, correct me if I'm wrong, Megan, but the same thinking goes for if you're making a reel, if you're making a story, if you're making a video, it's really just making sure that the content is matching the audience and the purpose of that post and really thinking through the details. Yeah, that is true. And on Instagram, it's more of a picture platform. So people are probably not as likely to read your captions, whereas on Facebook, they'll probably click read more because people are on there for a different reason. I'd like to talk a little bit about how we structure our social media posts for our business. We don't like to just post cute photos of dogs and cats. We like to have a message behind it. And I know it's really easy. You, you get all these cute photos all day long. And you just sit there and post them and, and, and not really, it's easy to not really think about what your caption is or what your, what your purpose really is for this post. But it is important because it's going to allow your audience to more connect with you and connect with your business. It's also very easy to just post pet holidays all the time. There are, I think, one every single day for the entire year, <laughs> something related to pets. There's a lot of them out there. And that's very easy to do, but it doesn't really drive that engagement of really what you're looking for, or at least what we are looking for. Right. But it is, it's good every once in a while. It's okay. If you have a pet holiday that's really important to you, if you really want to celebrate National Corgi Day because you have corgis or you really like them, that is going to speak more towards your company, your company brand, your company mission and values. And that's where we need to be connecting with here is going, okay, there's, there's an infinite poss- number of possibilities out there of what I could post. But what does my company post? What do we post that is going to connect and speak to our values, our, our mission, as well as connect with the audience that we're trying to talk to? That, that's really what we're trying to pull this back down on, of go, but be, being intentional about every single post that we have out there. We use a team of sitters, and so we really want to drive that point home to people that we are a company that is not just one person going out and doing the job. We are a team of sitters. We like to showcase the pets that we care for, but also the people that take care of them within our company, and that is something that aligns with our mission and values. We also believe that it's about education of the pet parent. So one day a week, we write a blog, and we post it to our social media, but I always know that those posts don't get a whole lot of engagement. So we use the blog mostly for our website, for SEO, and for our email list each week. But I know that one day a week when I go to post that blog, I won't be getting as much feedback or as much traction from people because they either aren't interested in the topic, you know, it's about cats and they have a dog, or it's about dogs and they have a cat, or they don't want to click on the link or because the algorithm just pushes it further down because it has a link in it. Facebook has been known to do that because... Uh, They don't want you leaving the platform. So posts with links in them will not be seen as much. And then obviously on Instagram, do not post links, (laughs) except in your bio, because they are not clickable in the caption. So don't do that. Well, and two things on what you just said, Megan. One is Instagram has just allowed you to start putting multiple links in your bio. So you used to be restricted to one, but now you can have up to five. And the second thing is, you know, Megan, you just mentioned that we post the blog, but it doesn't get enough traffic or it doesn't do as well as others. So why do we still post that? Why is that important to us? 
I mean, frankly, because it's still content that we are going to generate anyway. So I just make it into a social media post. But the people who are interested are going to click on it. I mean, some of our posts, like local restaurants or local things that are pet friendly, those posts do really well. And I share those out to other groups. But it's more of the kind of mundane posts about pet care and dog dog care that don't do as well. And that could just be we need to make more of what people are interested in. But yeah, it gets back to the education of going, if one person was educated about this topic today because of this post, that's important to us. And so still putting it out there, still finding value in that. And it does help fill in the content schedule as well. Like I said, we like to post our sitters and the pets having fun. And so a majority of the time, people still don't understand what we do. So having that aspect of here's what we do and how we do it is going to educate people about we can help you. We can help solve your problems because we feel that social media is about showing them and telling them what we do, which is why the caption is such a close second in importance to your post. On Instagram, the picture or the the video is going to be of first importance, but on Facebook, it's more about the caption. But it can be really hard to think of what am I going to say about this post? That gets back to the purpose, figuring out the purpose and who you're talking to. That is going to guide you into creating that caption. Also, something that is going to guide you is called the Story Brand Framework, and it's a marketing approach that was developed by a guy named Donald Miller, and it really revolves around the idea of positioning the customer or the client as the hero of the story, and you, pet sitter, dog walker, the brand, you are the guide that helps them overcome the challenges and really helps them achieve their goals. This framework is designed to be clear and engaging and ultimately relatable to the audience, to your target person. You are the guide. The client is the hero. And that really flips on our head a lot of our concepts of what we're doing with the posts. Uh, One framework is the problem-solution framework. That, that, that's where I think most of us tend to fall in of going, you have a problem, I have a solution. But what this is doing is it's taking it one step back of going, put the client at the center of everything you do. Make them the hero because then if purchasing, if this is a relational business, if this is drawing on feelings and emotions, when they, they have to feel good about this decision. And by putting them as the hero, that's a great way to do it. They will see themselves as having solved the pro- – they have solved the problem by finding and using your services. If they just view you as the hero, sometimes this can lead to feelings of resentment or they don't want to go with you because they feel like they have no other option and they do it begrudgingly or a a myriad of other things. So what this framework, putting that client at the center, elevating them to hero and you guiding them to the solution is really going to help build that relation and trust ultimately and commitment to your company. Because a lot of times we think of the me, me, me approach with social media. It's all about my business and how I can help and what problems I solve. And But we really need to figure out that particular group of people, what they want and how we can help them in their problem to solve it. You know, the customer, the client comes first. The, the, the advertisements, the marketing is not about you about your business. It's about your customers and more specifically the journey that they go on and how they feel after they've worked with you, after they've purchased your dog walking or pet sitting service, how they feel and how they now have a solution for their problems. Yeah, people will not remember the service. They will not remember that transaction, but they will always remember the feelings and emotions they had 
through the entirety of that process from first point of contact to end of service and all along. They will remember the feelings they had more so than what the actual service conducted. And we have to keep that in mind. And that starts with your social media posts. Because oftentimes, that's the first thing people see these days. So the story brand framework breaks into a few different parts, and you'll need to work through these for each and every post that you do. And this can be very time-consuming, but I feel like at the end of the day, it's worth it. And with tools like ChatGPT, it's making it a lot easier. (laughs) But this starts by going, okay, I am making a post today. That's step one. Then you ask the question, who am I making that post for? You go back to that exercise that Megan, you and I talked about before of identifying your services, identifying who the audience is, identifying what their pain points are and going, okay, I'm making a post today for midday dog walks for busy professionals. Now, what am I writing and putting into that and matching with a photo or a video or something else? Yeah, because then the client encounters the problem. So you highlight a challenge or a pain point. Maybe they can't get home in the middle of the day like they really want to, or they have a new puppy and they need a few breaks in the day, but they just, they can't. Or maybe they now work from home, but they have video conferences all day and they need their dog out so it doesn't bark anymore. When you highlight these pain points, it helps to create a connection and it establishes that need for a solution. They need somebody to help solve their problem. And so that's when they meet you. (laughs) (laughs) The third step in this process. Yeah. So the, the client meets the guide or the hero meets the guide. The hero cannot overcome the problem by themselves. They need somebody to guide them on the way. So this is where you showcase your expertise and your knowledge and your experience, your many years of dealing with pets and all types of situations. It's important here, though, to be relatable, to be humble, because you don't want to, again, you don't want the me, me, me thing all the time. You want to give them a plan, which is step four. This is where you're going to share about your service, your dog walking, your pet taxi, your grooming services as the solution to that problem. You've outlined a clear path for them to follow. This can be done either through a step-by-step guide or some tips or some actionable advice. But you want to say, okay, you have this problem. Hi, here I am. And this is how you can help solve your problem. And that leads to giving the hero a a true call to action. Uh, This is where you tell them to act or how to act. You encourage them to take that next step, whether it's making a final purchase, signing up for your newsletter, or contacting you for more information. And this is where a lot of people go off the rails, I know, is we do too many call to actions for each post. Is It could be sign up today, or call me, or sign up for my newsletter, or visit my website, or sign up on my follow us on social media. You need one call to action that matches the purpose of of the post. If you have an educational post, you can need to end it with a call for them to find out more information. If you have a, a post about a particular service, end with a call for them to book that service today and get started in your process. And then on the flip side, you need to let them know what the stakes are if they do not act on the plan that you are giving them. So what are the stakes in the story? You know, if they don't act what happens? (laughs) What is the consequence of them not going with that plan? You can do this through sharing testimonials or case studies, you know, success stories of customers who have used your services to overcome their challenges. This is really helpful if you have, if you are trying to solve the issue of the midday 
visit and you have a client already who has left you a review saying, I wasn't able to get home in time and they came and saved the day and I love them and they took great care and great pictures. These these types of testimonials, you can kind of cherry pick the testimonials that will work for you in highlighting aspects of the story that you want people to know about. It creates that social proof and it motivates others to follow suit of going, oh, Gary G <laughs> had his problem solved by this company because he wasn't able to get home either, but they were able to come in and help him. It's relatable. They can say, oh, other people have this the exact same problem, and this company was able to solve that for them. You have to let them know that there is a cost to their inaction if that's what they choose. Right. Talk about the risks or consequences of not addressing the particular problem that you have outlined and how your solution can help your customers avoid those negative outcomes. So they're really those seven steps when you think about each post. Identify your main character and what they want. Have the character encounter the problem. Then the main character meets the guide, a.k.a. you. Then you give the hero a plan. Then there's a moment where the hero is called into action of something to do. Let them know the stakes of the story, number six. And then the seventh one is letting them know that there are costs to not acting. And maybe those costs are... Your post is about uh, you know, booking for Christmas or busy holidays, and you go, the cost to this is that I will book up and you will not have pet care. That, that is a true cost that can come from these. But whatever it is, make sure that it matches the rest of the story, and that's what this is. You're weaving and talking an entire story through this, so the costs have to match the purpose and the person, and the action has to match that as well. But through the entire story, they are the hero. You are just the guide sharing the story for them. So here's an example of a post targeted at owners of high-energy dogs and the benefits of midday walks. So it says, is your high-energy fur friend driving you a little wild at home? As dog people, we know the struggle. Midday dog walks will help meet your pup's needs. Our midday dog walks provide, one, an energy outlet for your pup, promoting a well-balanced and healthy lifestyle. Two, socialization in other environments, enhancing your dog's confidence. Three, peace of mind for you, knowing your fur baby is getting the exercise they need, even when you're busy. Imagine a calm, happy dog that's excited to see you at the end of your workday, instead of an over-energetic bundle of fur bouncing off the walls. Our clients love the attention their dog gets and the peace of mind they have about their care and well-being while they're at the office. Ready to transform your high-energy dog into the perfect companion? Go to our website and schedule our dog walking services. So you can see how this is more of a story format of of going on the journey with them of saying, hey, client, you have this problem. You don't want to have this problem anymore. Here are some ways that we can help solve that. And then you get the benefit of this at the end. And if you don't go with this, then you won't get that benefit. Yep, exactly. And you're pointing them along the way because that call to action, that's usually right at the very end. You have to build that person up to following through with that call to action. They have to feel that need, feel that desire, and see the solution in their lives. Because ultimately, they are the ones who are sending that request. You are not forcing people to book your book your services. And I know that's where it can feel like a lot of times that we're forcing people because we're not giving them options. But we, with this way, we are giving them options. They can choose to use us or not choose to do that. But we have presented them with that in an appropriate manner. How do you approach social media? Is it like us? Is it something completely different? We would love to know. You can email us at feedback at petsittersconfessional.com. Thank you again to today's sponsors, Pet Sitters Associates, and our wonderful supporters on Patreon for helping make this show possible. We'll talk with you next time. Bye.